And we are live from Columbus, Ohio. We are at GalaxyCon 2022. This is Death Do Us Part Podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. And myself, Mark. What up, y'all? Hey. Hey. So we might have a little background noise. Um, We're holding the microphone, so... I am not dressed like a princess. Yeah, you're not. I'm not happy about it. Um, I'm not dressed as like John Wick or something in a tuxedo. Um, I will be purchasing a tiara tomorrow. Yes, they are for sale here. I feel like that's the closest I'm going to get to dressing like a princess. Oh, babe, you're a princess in my eyes. Oh, you're full of shit. I know. But the guys before us were on stage drinking. So I now know. that I know that that we is can Tomorrow um, we are drinking. I will be boozing it up on the yes, fucking stage. I will if I be... have to bring my own cooler. Oh, I'm going to have a beer on the stage tomorrow. Oh, it's going to be glorious. I can't wait. So I haven't had a drink in so long. Because every time I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have a drink. I'm like, oh, I got to research. I know. <laughs> or something. Like, I don't ever like get the opportunity i know right so but uh little man had a good day today mm-hmm. he got to meet uh, one of his favorite wrestlers ruby soho who is a she dog. is a sweetheart she's so nice yeah she so is nice. a sweetheart uh i kind of surprised like no one's in no one was in line for no. like the wrestlers like, no one was in line for any of the celebrities yeah it was except like the the she, anime Voices. Yeah, but yeah, nobody. And and then and, Jay from si- Jay and Silent Bob, he doesn't look like, well. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't look well. Um, but he had awesome pants. He's he got fart across the butt. Yeah, but uh, and he was just. I mean, people were walking by, and he's like, "You want to take a selfie?" Yeah, like, he was just taking. So obviously, I'm getting a selfie. Oh, with I'm him getting tomorrow. a selfie with him to. too. Yeah, it has to happen. I he's, I love him. Yeah. I absolutely love them. Yeah. But uh, Ruby yeah, Soho was, was so cool. She was. She was so nice. Yeah. And, Very uh, nice. I, I'm kind of surprised to see Lex Luger. Oh. If you're not a wrestling fan, you have no clue who we're talking about. But if you are, oh, he's... Given the circumstances... He's in he, bad shape. He looks good, given the circumstances. Yeah. Now, in reality, oh, mm. it's... It's he is not the same. No. Yeah, Scott Steiner looked good. He looked good. Yeah. Rick Steiner looked good. Yeah, but Lex looked JBL good. looked good. He looked like, bored. He looked bored out of his mind. Yeah. Like he didn't give a fuck. Well, yeah, but Lex Luger. I mean, growing up with him, I know. Him like that, it, yeah, it's a little heartbreaking. Le- the Lex Express. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. I feel to like see we should go. We should go say hi to him tomorrow. Yeah, I'm cool with that. But yeah, there wasn't anybody in line for. Anybody. Like really. anyone. Yeah. Well. And this one, so the few that we've been to before, they ended pretty early. Yeah. In the day. Yeah. Um, this one goes pretty late. This one goes to like midnight. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow at midnight, there is drunk, drunk Tetris. Drunk Tetris. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. And why we didn't realize. So there's like this whole half the fucking convention center is just video games yeah and tomorrow is Fortnite's live event that jackson has been talking about for fucking months he can stay in that fucking room all day why we didn't realize like shit we could put him in there until this guy came and talked to us and he's like yeah they got the Fortnite thing and we're like holy shit that's tomorrow like 
and to have a fan there? come up too was yeah. pretty fucking oh crazy. God. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. That was. He are came you, in, you he guys came and read the f- sign. We were we we thought it was you. Yeah. We, we were trying to look you up online when he and, said his friend was too scared to come say hi. Yeah, and then he yelled at him. They're really nice people. <laughs> yeah, we're friendly. We were standing by the door waiting to go in, and this yeah. guy came over to read the schedule, and he's like, "Oh, I wonder who's next." And I'm like, "We are," and he's like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> I just wanted to make sure because you know my friend thought it was you, and uh, right. he was too afraid to come say hi. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Very, like, it's, yeah. It's kind of crazy. It's weird. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. People don't like me in normal life. (laughs) I don't. I don't. (laughs) Shit, I don't either. But, hey, you pushed me around today, so. Yeah, no overpasses today. Yeah, no overpasses. Mm -mm. No, but it's still a lot of pushing. This place is huge. Oh, my God. This convention center is giant. I I did not know Columbus was this big. No. Oh, and we're, what, two blocks away from From Ohio Ohio State? State? Yeah. So I went looking for a Target this morning, and, I mean, it's like a a city. It is. I I mean, obviously, it's a city. Yeah. it's, It's a college town, and... You know, the car's like, oh, your destination is on the left. And I'm like, I don't see a fucking bullseye. Like, where is Target? And then I look and I'm like, it's in a motherfucking building. Yep. It's the bottom floor of a giant building. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is it? So then I couldn't find parking. Oh, jeez. And I was like, I can't, I can't even go to Target. Oh, jeez. It's in a building. Oh, and Sorry, Ohio dude. State is great. I got a t-shirt. Ohio State mm-hmm. Buckeyes. Um. Guys, can you fucking look both ways before you cross the goddamn street, please? Yeah, right. I mean, they just don't give two shits. They don't. College kids in general they don't legit, pay attention. Like, do not look at all. There is no looking left and right and left again. There's no looking at all. They're on their phones. They got their AirPods in, and they just fucking walk, thinking everybody's gonna stop. Oh, cold water, so amazing. Oh my god. So, I didn't hit anybody though. So yeah, good job. That's a plus. Yeah. Shit. Mm. So, babe. The we... minivan makes me less intimidating. Oh, I-, I love the minivan, too. Oh, my God. I fucking want We it. rented a fucking minivan. It's a Pacifica hybrid. Oh, my God. It's fucking tits. Mm. It- it's amazing. The Enterprise guy called me today, and he's like, we just wanted to follow up and see how, you know, you like the car. Oh, we might purchase and it. And I'm like, I love it. I would like to buy one. And he's yeah. like, we sell cars. Uh, we might buy. Maybe we should chat when I get back. Right. Yeah, I fucking love this thing. So we made it, wait, it's what, 361 miles? Yeah. Here? 361 miles on a single tank of gas yep. that cost me 51 fucking dollars. Yep. That's insane. Yeah, it wasn't I can't, bad. I can't get to work and back on $20 in uh, one day. Let, let me talk about the drive here, though. Oh, my God. The fucking roads the, that it MapQuest mm. takes you through. I don't think it's MapQuest anymore, baby. I oh, think it's Google Maps. Google Maps. Oh, my God. The roads are fucking scary. Um, I don't know Old why. Old farm roads where, like, I, not the highway. No, and I feel like... Like back roads it took Why us. Why the fuck? I mean, the, for for like miles. The last leg of the trip, the last twenty five miles was almost yes. all through farmland. And by back roads, I mean like there is Hickville. no stripes. There is no two lanes. There is a fucking road full of holes. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> right. Cars man? coming at you at fucking ninety, dude. And the fucking exits, the turns. 
it's a 90 degree goddamn angle. Yeah, it's some sharp turns out here. There, so. there is no like, take a slight Man. right. No, it's fucking 95 degree turn. Fucking scary ride. Yeah. <laughs> but the car, oh. Yeah, I'd love it. Mm. I think we'll be purchasing one. Because it's got a heated steering wheel. Mm-hmm. That, oh, uh, glorious this morning. Glorious. Yes. Yeah. So anyways, uh probably should get into it because i know this is probably going to be a little bit long yeah mark's like so let's do oj simpson and i'm like fuck yeah, yeah let's do OJ Simpson. i don't know how we're going to get it into an hour goes, and a half we only have an hour and a half <laughs> what, the, what so we'll probably have to speed through a little bit um, so if i talk fast it's because i need to get all of this fucking information in, in a goddamn you hour have and a half. lot of information you have how many fucking pages in your notebook do you, you really want me to answer that? Uh, probably 30. 29. Oh, my God. I was... You were so close. Was so close. Now, not all of them are written on the back. Right. It was 18 pages. Front, front and, and back. back. No, not all <laughs> the pages are written on the back. Some of them are. But I did number everything. And this is a smaller notebook than like a standard size notebook. I don't like this notebook. Yeah. But you know what? Um, Make sure you talk into the microphone, I'm, too. because when you I'm trying. We have to hold them, and it's very <sighs> awkward. Oh, I don't know what to do with my hands. It's like a giant in front of your face. I know. Now I know what it's like to give a fucking blowjob. Dude, Bridesmaids is hilarious when she's like, it's just hitting you in the face. Like, it's just <laughs> coming at you. Not, yes, that's exactly what it's like. <laughs> Babe, it's hitting me in the cheek. Now I know what it feels like. <laughs> oh my God. This is why I would just tap everybody in the forehead. The, babe, I want to so bad, but you won't let me. No. Why not? Just once. No. Just one good uh-uh. pop on the head. <laughs> Just so I can say I did it. Bop on the head. Right. Wow. <sighs> All right. So, O.J. Simpson. Oh, this is going to be a good one. Oh, fucking it's O.J. so fucking bizarre and crazy. It's, and um, he is such a fucking narcissist. He is just, he's a bad person. Oh, he, he is. Like, yeah, he is. He's a bad He's a bad man person. Who loves the attention. Yeah. He's definitely a narcissist, a hundred percent. Oh God, yeah. But he's God, yeah. just a like he's just an evil person. Yeah, he just is. in general. Yeah. I mean, even if you take away the fact that he's a fucking murderer, right? He's just an he's just an evil person. Yeah, he is. I mean, anybody that that does that kind of mental abuse and physical abuse to another person, yeah, you're fucked in the head. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, are you gonna put sunglasses on? Do you want me to? Yeah. You know what? I forgot them uh, in the car. So I'm going to be looking you straight in the fucking eyes. Dude, I, I, guys, I hate it. Like, I'm looking everywhere but at I'll, him. Okay, I'll look straight ahead. Here. No, no, no. I'll look straight ahead. Let me go in my purse because, you Oh, know, you I, got some sunglasses. I have a bag of fucking tricks right. in my goddamn purse, which isn't a purse. It's a fucking luggage. Yeah. How's that? Wow. You look like Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Mr. Potato Head. You know how it, like the- your glasses are weird. Like it's everything's green. Yeah, those are the ones you got me for my birthday. I, I know, and yeah. I picked them out, and they're fucking. Oh, they're um, great. They I love look them. awesome on you. But yeah, wow, everything is green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alrighty then. All right, you ready, babe? I'm ready. Hit me with it. All right. Orenthal James Simpson was born on July 9th, nineteen forty-seven, in San Francisco, California. 
to parents Eunice, who was a hospital administrator, and Jimmy Lee, who was a chef and a bank custodian. Uh, Jimmy was also a very well-known drag queen. What? O.J. Simpson's dad was a drag queen. What? Mm-hmm. What was his name? Oh, I don't know. I couldn't find it. Mm. Oh, we should come up with one for him. Don um, Flamingo. Oh, my God. So he was very well known in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I bet. Later in life, he would announce that he was gay uh, just shortly before dying of AIDS in 1986. What? Yeah. I had no Mm-mm. clue. I had no idea. No. How the fuck did you mm-hmm. find that? I, I'm good. <clears throat> wow. I'm good. Just telling <clears throat> So OJ did not know that his name was Orenthal until third grade when a teacher read it out loud. What? Yeah. He didn't know what his fucking name was. Okay. Already. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Already this is bonkers. Setting the tone. So he did have a brother named Melvin and two sisters. One sister was named Shirley uh, and then another sister, Camilla, who um, I believe it sounds like she died early in life. Okay. Um, why did I write as a Simpson? God damn it. As a child, he developed rickets and wore braces on his legs until the age of five. Hey, braces. Which left him bow-legged. Hey, you guys matched today. We matched. You haven't had your braces on in forever. I know. Um, so do you know what rickets is? No. Rickets is uh, <clears throat> the softening or weakening of bones due to inadequate vitamin D. He needs the sun. He needs the sun. This is why you got to go out in the sun, guys. Mm-hmm. I know it burns my ass too. So, uh, His parents separated in 1952 and he was raised by his mother in the housing projects of the Potrero Hill neighborhood. Sorry, I should have looked that up. Yeah. Um, he would shut up. He would earn money by scalping tickets and collecting seat cushions at Kazar Stadium. Mm. Mm. He then joined a street gang called the Persian Warriors. Ooh. Nothing about that sounds. <coughs> yeah. Nothing about that sounds the Persian tough. Kitty cats. I love them. Call me cat. Kitty cat. With the squished faces. I love, I love them. Stop doing that. That's bad. I can't even fucking look at you. Um, <laughs> Persian cats, well, they got the squished-eated faces. Yeah, the Persian cats, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I love that. I thought they were called, like, Persian lion cats. No. Because their their faces look like lions. No, they don't. With the hair. They look like they got hit with a fucking frying pan. They don't look like lions. Sorry, yeah. I was just saying, jeez, mm-hmm. thinking of off. You're thinking of Maine Coons. No, yes. I'm thinking of Persian cats because they have, like, all the hair around their head. And their faces kind of look like lions. Mm. Moving on. My God. Bite my head off. So he was briefly <sighs> stop doing that. incarcerated at the San Francisco Youth Guidance Center. Uh, and his future wife described him as, quote, a really awful person then. Oh. So she still married him. That's awesome. Good job. Uh, After his third arrest, he met baseball player Willie Mays. I did know this, yeah. Who encouraged him to avoid trouble, which is like, how do you randomly meet fucking Willie Mays? And how does Willie Uh, Mays randomly tell you, stop being a dick face? Yeah. I I forget how they met, but I did know that. Yeah. I did know that. So that that was really all he needed to kind of turn his shit around. Wow. Um, so he attended Galileo High School, where he did... Galileo! Play, that's uh, every fucking Galileo. thing. Galileo! Yep. Um, 
he did play football for the Galileo Lions. He graduated in 1965. Um, he was an all-city football player, but his subpar grades prevented him from attracting the attention of any college recruiters. So he ended up enrolling um, at the City College of San Francisco in 1965. He had a childhood friend who sustained a pretty significant injury in Vietnam, so that really deterred him from the military, which I think Vietnam itself would yeah. deter one from the military. Yeah. Um, he was named uh, Junior College All-American, and City College won the Prune Bowl against Long Beach State. Okay, mm. there's like, what, 117 bowls? Oh, God, yeah. They couldn't find something better than Prune? Because they probably ran out of fucking names. So they went to Prune? Prune. Prune Bow. I feel like they... Uh, prune Bow. They kind of... Yeah. I don't know. So in... uh, well, So after that game, many colleges sought OJ to become a transfer student at their school. Mm-hmm. He ended up choosing the University of South Carolina versus the University of Utah and uh, attended there 1967 to 1968, where he led the nation in rushing. Yes, he did. On June 24th of 1967. He was a badass football player. He was. Um, I, yeah, I'll get there. Um, when he was 19, he married Marguerite Whitley. And the two would have three children, uh, Amy, Lee, Amy Lee, Jason, and I believe it's pronounced Aaron. Um tragically though at the age of two Aaron died she, I gotta put my mic down just I gotta put in a dip she she drowned in the family pool in August of 1979 which is terrible so can you find it over there I'm trying Jesus Christ so he was a junior in 1967 and was the runner up for the Heisman Trophy behind Gary Babin who played for UCLA at the time, USC and UCLA had a huge rivalry, and they were playing... They still do. Oh, they were? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be Victory Bowl, not Victory Bell. Um, yeah. Yeah. USC was down by six with 11 minutes remaining. Uh, Simpson ended up having a 64-yard touchdown, mm-hmm. and USC won with an extra point, 21-20. to that is, um, it's one of the biggest plays in what's regarded as one of the greatest games yeah. of the 20th century. Oh, yeah. So that was kind of a big fucking deal. It, huge. Uh, in 1967, huge. he won the Walter Camp Award, and he was a two-time consensus All-American. He also ran track. Did you know that? No, I did not. You're full of shit. Um, he broke the world record in the, I don't know how to read like track races. It's four yeah. by 110. I don't know. Yard relay race at the NCAA uh, championship yeah, in 1967. I, I don't know how to, like the 40 yard dash or something. I don't fucking know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, in 1968, he was a senior, and he won the Heisman Trophy this year, mm-hmm. the yeah, Maxwell Award, and the Walter Camp Award. Mm-hmm. He also held the record for the largest margin of victory for the Heisman Trophy for 51 years. That's crazy. That is, yeah, that's a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Why do I feel like I have to go back here? Mm-hmm. No, I don't. So, Robert Kardashian. Yeah. We all, we all know he's... You know, they're friends with the Kardashians. Yeah. 
He was actually the water boy for the USC football team. I didn't know that. I did not know that. Yep. Um, the two quickly developed a friendship and later on in life would become business partners. Uh, they owned a company called Juice Incorporated, which I didn't even look to see what the fucking company did. Um, Gatorade is better. Yeah, I wonder what it was. I'm going to have to look. H2O. And a frozen yogurt shop, uh, which they named Joy, and then 40 Carrots, which are both stupid names for a yogurt shop. Yeah. Uh, and also invested in concert cinema. Mm. Yeah. My contact's all fuzzy. So. Thanks. Shut up. In 1969, O.J. Simpson was drafted by the AFL's Buffalo Bills. Yes, he was. Uh, they had first round draft pick, and he was their first selection. Mm-hmm. Um, however, he demanded the largest contract in professional sports history at the time. Which was what? It's it's laughable. Are you ready for this? Yeah. 650000 over five years. Over five years? Over five That's years. nothing. That was the largest contract at the time. Dude, Which, I mean, like these guys, if that's the highest paid over five years, like some of these guys would probably have to work in the off season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wonder too, like. That that contract is laughable now. Yeah. Guys are making fucking triple that. Oh, that, I wonder too, um. Like, what the competition was in 69 that made him feel like he could ask for right. that hefty of a contract. Because oh, it, it turns out... Yeah, but, I mean, the first couple years he was on the Bills, he didn't do shit. He really didn't. No. So, while he was negotiating this contract, because Ralph Wilson was like, fuck you, I'm not paying you that much money. Wow. Um, he said he was going to quit football and go into acting full time. Mm. So, he was an actor. Uh, I love him in the naked gun. Uh, I'm sorry, but I do. While negotiating uh, the Bills contract, he starred in the first episode of Medical Center. Uh, He said he didn't consider seriously acting until uh, he was filming, I want to say Medical Center, and he saw Lee Marvin and Richard Burton ordering chili from a private jet. What? What does that even mean? Where, wow. First of all, where do you, where do you order chili? Yeah, what? There is a chili restaurant down here, like oh, specifically. We, we chili. might have to hit it. Um, so he went on to star in in a few things. Uh, in 1974, he was in The Klansman and Towering Inferno, mm. which was Towering Inferno was a big to do, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, in 1976, he was in The Cassandra Crossing. In 1977, he had a small role in Roots. Did you know that? No, yeah. I did not. And in 1978, he was in uh, Capricorn One. That's what they called it. Wow. Okay. So, in the meantime, you know, they finally give him his contract. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, fine, cool. Um, so, because of this, they really had high expectations of him, and he just really struggled the first three years. Um, the Bills went through a couple head coaches in that time, and in 1971, Coach Lou Saban made OJ a centerpiece of the team and really focused on him and ended up, I mean, he flourished after this. Yeah. So in 1973, he would break the 2000 yard rushing mark. He was the first player to ever do so. Really? Um, now at the time the NFL played 14 games a season yeah. versus 16. So the, the record has since been broken with the 16 games. He still holds the record for 14 games. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. He won the NFL MVP award 
and the Burt Bell Award. Babe, who the fuck is Burt Bell? Uh, who, who's Walter Camp? He, uh, he's a great football player. Oh, okay. So you know who Walter Camp is? Who's who, who's Burt Bell? Does everybody get an award named after them? I don't. I just got thrown off because I saw Baba waving to me. Burt Bell, focus. Uh, should I lie? No. Uh, great football player. Does everybody everybody player. gets a fucking award named after them? <laughs> I have no clue oh who it is. So in 1975, he um, became the spokes- spokesperson for Hertz Rental Car. Yes. And he was in these commercials Hertz. where they're yelling, run, OJ, run, because, you know, he's fast. Mm-hmm. Listen to this shit. The annual profit of Hertz increased 50% in the first year that he was their spokesperson. What? 50 fucking percent. Yeah. Wow. He was really their longest running spokesperson. Yeah. Um. He had other endorsements. Uh, they would be for Pioneer Chicken, which he ended up owning a couple of those. Did he really? Yeah. Honey Baked Ham, Calistoga Water Company, and Dingo Cowboy Boots. Callahan Auto? <laughs> Dingo. The Dingo ate my baby. Uh, what the fuck is that from? Oh, my God. That's like a like an actual story. What? In Australia. Oh, a dingo okay. went into a tent and stole the baby, and they they arrested mom for murder. What? Yeah, she's like the dingo ate my baby, and the dingo did eat her fucking baby. Like she didn't do it. Oh, babe, we we gotta cover that. I can't believe you've never heard that. No, Jesus Christ. So, in nineteen, what the fuck is a dingo? Um, it's not a wild dog. <laughs> it's almost like closer to a hyena. Really? Yeah. They're they're in Australia. I don't know. A dingo. A dingo. Um, Australian people are like these fucking assholes. Yeah, they hate us. They, you guys hate us. I know. I'm sorry. They have We're sp- dicks. They have spiders that eat birds. Oh my god! Your spiders, for the love of God, do just you, do you shoot them? Burn everything oh my down. God, I would burn it. Everything. I would shoot them. I would shoot them and then burn it. Yeah. Yeah. So, in 1977, his season was cut short by injury. And in 1978, he was traded to the 49ers for a series of draft picks. Mm -hmm. His last NFL game was December 16th of 1979. Wow. Uh, But in 1979, he started his own film production company called Orenthal Productions. Mm -hmm. They mostly did made-for-TV movies, Mm -hmm. um, two of which, Goldie and the Boxer... Which, okay. And sure. Cocaine and Blue Eyes. Ooh. What? what? Nice. What the fuck is that about? I don't know. <gasps> Sounds pretty badass, is though. Is it about Frank Sinatra? Mm. Oh, it could be. I didn't even could think be. of that. Didn't even think of that. It's your guy. So, in the meantime, in 1977, OJ was hanging out at a Beverly Hills nightclub called Daisy, where he saw a waitress by the name of Nicole Brown. Nicole was 18 mm. when they fucking met. I did not yeah, know I, that. I knew she was young. 18. Yeah, you, you like some young. So one day after turning 18, she graduated high school. Three weeks later, she met O.J. Simpson. Yeah. So I, what do they say? Like out of the frying pan the into cradle. the fire? 
Uh, I yeah. just heard rock in the cradle. Because he was 29 at the time, I believe. Oh, my God. Now, he was making so much money at the time that somebody um, had commented that he could have retired at the age of 27. Really? Yeah. Uh, to which I say, fuck you. Yeah. So Dick. She, I want to retire. She enrolled at... Uh, oh, wait. I am. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Saddleback College. Saddlebacks. Can I get a t-shirt? <laughs> if anybody goes there that's listening, can I have a t-shirt? Right. Um, this was in Mission Vejo, California. She was only there for a couple months before she dropped out because OJ, quote, required that she be with him. Mm. Fuck you. Yeah. Okay. So, Nicole Brown was born May 19th of 1959 in Frankfurt, West Germany, which I did not know, to parents Juditha and Louis Hezekiel. And I just wanted Military to family? Yes. Yeah. Dad was in the Air Force. Mom is German. They mm. met, married. They did eventually move to the United States, uh, went to California. Nicole um, originally attended Rancho Alameda. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Edo's High School in Garden Grove, California. But she would graduate from Dana Hills High School in 1976, which was at Dana Point, California. So Nicole had... uh, Three sisters who were not fans of OJ. Um, hmm. Probably because he was a... Probably because he was... A dickbag. Fucking... Yeah. A jerk. Uh, jerk face. I feel like jerk face is being... Like, nice. Nice. I so mean, a dickbag. Yeah, he's a fucking douche nozzle, man. A twat. So... A taint. Yeah. Do you know taint is a time of day? Is it really? Yeah, it's the exact... What is the tank? It's the exact moment when the sun goes past the horizon. When the sun's setting. Hmm. Yeah. Random factoid for you. Thanks, babe. So, they start dating, OJ and Nicole. Uh, despite the fact that OJ is still fucking married. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me, though. He started uh, showing signs of jealousy and possession pretty early on. A mutual friend would state... Quote, when he was around, she would tense up. She watched every move she made and every step she took. She was aware of his reactions to everything. When he wasn't around, she was a direct, smart person. But when he was around, she was scared to death of him. Oh, wow. Another mutual friend would state, quote, everybody was doing this happy shit about how nice OJ was, but he had a ferocious temper. That's a big word, ferocious. I mean, shit. The physical abuse was constant. Everybody knew about it. She was covered in bruises, and I am not trying to exaggerate this. Mm. Fuck, man. Yeah. You'll come to find out, though, that he gets to the point, like, he does not give a shit who sees him doing this. Oh, no. Doesn't care. That's a typical narcissist. Because he's fucking O.J. Simpson, and he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Right. So. Yeah, suck that vape. I'm going to have to plug this one in. I think Mm. I lost my blue raspberry one. Mm. What flavor is that? This is dragon banana strawberry. Oh. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, I don't know where they are. They ended up moving in together, 
again, he's married. <laughs> he puts Nicole up in an apartment in Beverly Hills, which is close to his Rockingham home. Mm-hmm. And by close, I mean, we're talking like four minutes. So, like, he could spend time at, at both places. Well, yeah. Why not? So, Dude's got it made. Uh, another friend would say, quote, it was a very passionate, a very volatile, and a very obsessive relationship on both sides. Mm, okay. I did read one article that said that Nicole would pick the fights, but it was literally one article. Um, most witness statements it really say that it was it was one sided. Yeah. Um, he would yell at her in public and treat her like property, mm-hmm. which Jesus Christ. That's how I should treat you. <sighs> Fuck you. Um, <laughs> so when he, <laughs> I love you. When he met Nicole, Marguerite was pregnant with their daughter. Oh really? Aaron. Yeah. And then he Aaron passes in August of 1979 and. OJ and Marguerite end up getting divorced shortly after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and after his divorce, she moved out of Rockingham. Nicole moved in. But OJ didn't marry Nicole right away. It was a good five, six years before he would marry her. And she, I mean, she really had to beg him. Yeah. And then she had to beg him for children. Wow. And there was a prenup and, you know, yeah. the whole kit and caboodle. Which, dude, you picked her off the fucking street at 18 years old. You right. really need a prenup? Right. Whatever. So Nicole ended up becoming good friends with uh, Robert Kardashian's wife, whose name was Kristen Mary Hoyton. Hoyton. Also known as Kris Jenner. Oh, Mm -hmm. really? Who wants to change her name back to Kardashian? Oh, really? Ma'am, I don't blame you. Your husband turned into a woman seven fucking years ago. Yes. So, which... Yeah, I don't blame uh, you. Yeah. Um... Chris would say that Nicole actually kept a lot of shit about their relationship secret, mm-hmm. which I get. Nobody wants to you yeah. know, talk about that. Yeah. Uh, OJ and Nicole did end up getting married on February 2nd, 1985 in the backyard of Rockingham. And Glorious. In, in October of 1985, daughter Sydney Brooke was born. And in 1988, son Justin Ryan was born. Mm. They were a high profile couple. Um, who hung out with the Kardashians, another high-profile couple. They would go on vacations together. They were regulars at night spots and had several high-profile mutual friends in both sports and entertainment. Really? This is around the time that they started becoming business partners. Yeah. Um, Nicole also remained pretty close to her family. And OJ, like, he kept them all close. It's mm-hmm. like he roped them in. Um, he kept them all on the fucking payroll. Yeah. So... Her dad ended up running the Hertz rental car that was located inside the Ritz-Carlton in Laguna Niguel. So oh, that's wow. like hoity-toity up there. Hoity-toity. Hot shit. He then would end up paying for one of her sister's college tuition at the University of South Car- or, uh, Southern California. He hired one of her first cousins to be his gardener and then the manager of two of his pioneer chicken restaurants. And uh, that cousin's wife, Maria, was his housekeeper. Mm. So she had no friends. She had his friends. Yeah. Um, people would later say that no one really knew who she was during the marriage. And who was she going to talk to? All yeah. the fucking witnesses were on the goddamn payroll. True. You know, yeah. she had no education. She had no job. Right. And he kept her that way. He kept her isolated and controlled and made sure that mm. she was dependent on him. Um. Despite the short leash he had on her, 
he repeatedly had affairs. Yeah. And at one point, her sister brought up, you know, like, you treat Nicole like shit. Yeah. He physically threw her out of the house by her hair. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude. So one of the most famous affairs he had was with Tawny Katane. And that was that lasted about one to two years before she ended up getting married and ended the affair. Mm-hmm. Now, it was very, it was a very public secret that OJ was physically abusive to Nicole. Right. Um, and he would buy her gifts and shit after he beat the fuck out of her. Well, yeah, at, that makes it all better. Right. At one point, buying her a Ferrari. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I mean, did you, is that like you broke a bone so she gets a car? Like, how does that fucking work? Dude. Mm-hmm. I, that's, yeah. Insane. Wow. That's that's bonkers. So in 1985, uh, in the late fall, early winter, there was a call placed to the police in regards to a domestic battery incident. This would be the first time that Detective Mark Furman was introduced to the couple. Now he becomes really? yeah he becomes a big to do later because oh yeah they end up trying to paint him as this racist cop and he he didn't do anything here he didn't do shit here so right. um so many instances um in 1988 Nicole started confiding in Chris Jenner telling her um that she wanted to leave OJ but would say quote I don't know if I can stay he's really hard to live with I want to leave him and I don't know how. Which is fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, that is. Chris uh, Jenner said that Nicole was now, she was just a quiet, withdrawn person and not her herself. Mm-hmm. Now, the first time OJ was ever arrested for any of this was on January 1st of 1989. Uh, the police were called and Nicole was found outside in the driveway in just her bra and a pair of sweatpants, hiding behind the Mercedes that OJ had just smashed all the windows out of with a fucking Jesus. bat. Yeah. So this is around 4 a.m. and yeah. police get there and O.J. is screaming, quote, I don't want that woman in my bed anymore. I got two women and I don't want that woman in my bed anymore. Wow. Then get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. Leave. How about that? So he tells police he didn't hit her. He pushed her out of bed during a drunken fight. But what? Wow. She had a black eye, a cut lip, a bruise on her forehead. And a handprint on her neck. Jeez. Yeah. To which she... Got the fuck beat yeah. out of her. She ends up telling the police right then, quote, he's going to kill me. You guys never do anything. Yeah. You've been here eight times and nothing is ever done. Oh, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. So the police are like, OJ, dude, come on down to the station. We got to question you. But drive your own car by all means. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's good procedure. Yeah. So he drove that's away proper. instead and was gone Ugh. all fucking night. He finally ends up turning himself in the next day. Mm-hmm. But Nicole goes down to the station and tries to get the charges dropped. Um, it's alleged that her parents convinced her to do so because OJ was financially beneficial to the family. But mm. yeah, but because Nicole had signed the police report. Uh, the police were like, we're obligated to send this over to the DA's office. Yeah. So he ended up pleading no contest to misdemeanor spousal battery, got 120 hours of community service, two years probation, twice weekly therapy, and had to pay $500 in restitution to a battered woman shelter. Oh, wow. It didn't do shit. No, no. 
So the couple separated for the first time in 1990. And on February 25th of 1992, Nicole filed for divorce, citing irreconcilable differences. I would have been like, dude's a dick. Yeah. He's a dick. Yeah. It's more than differences. Beyond a dick. So Nicole ends up moving into a rental home in Brentwood. And neighbors of this home would say that they would witness OJ stalking her. They would see him standing outside the house like a fucking creeper. Like a Michael Myers behind the bush kind of thing. Oh, like dude. Just fucking staring. Oh, at, like standing on the sideway. Yeah, just staring in the windows. Yeah. What the fuck? That's how people get shot. Oh, yeah. Just saying. Nicole called the cops several times and nothing was done. Mm-hmm. Nothing. So here's where Cato Kalen comes in, which I was always curious about. Oh, this about. fucking guy. Because I'm like, this fucking dude randomly <laughs> is out of nowhere. Nobody right. has any fucking ties to him. And he's like, I heard thumbs. Surf's up, dude. Right. So like, what? And even this isn't very clear. Apparently, Nicole and her friend Faye Resnick met Cato Kalen mm. somewhere, whose name is Brian, by the way. It's not Is Kato. it really? His name is Brian. Um, Nicole has a dog named Cato. Really? So, is Cato Kalen Cato because of the dog, or is the dog Cato because of Cato Kalen? Yeah, there's a good one. Yeah, That's no, his, his name's Brian. Um, wow, he's a 24 year old surfer, fucking surfs up goofball. I don't know how, but somehow he ended up babysitting Sydney and Justin, and they absolutely fucking loved him. So, Nicole ends up moving him into the guest house as almost like a nanny wow. of sorts. Yeah. Like, uh, what? Uh, what? Not like, creepy. What? Huh? It's not creepy or weird. What? I, mm. So, hmm. you're, uh, okay. So sure. You're a manny. Okay. <laughs> right? So, uh, in October of 1992, the divorce was finally settled. Um, Nicole, and this had to be just absolutely degrading to her, mm-hmm. you know, she had to go before the judge and say, you know, she has, she has no degree. She has no job. She has no education. She spends all her time caring for her two young children and she has no other means of income other than OJ. Yeah. Which is heartbreaking. So she has a prenup. Don't forget that. Um, she ends up getting a lump sum of $433,000. Uh, not bad. Not bad. And $10,000 a month in child support. Ooh, that ain't bad at all. See, now here's the thing, though. That is fucking chump change to O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Uh, especially because the rental property that she was in, mm. the rent alone was five grand. Wow. So now she's raising two young kids on, on five grand a month. Yeah. Can't fucking do that. We can't fucking do that. Yeah, that's yeah. That's so true. He he fought her fucking tooth and nail on everything too, which dude, come on. Yeah. Don't be a dick. So suck that vape. So now all she knows is OJ at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. So like around eight, nine months later, Nicole was like, I, I wanna get back together with him. Hmm. So she tells him this and he he fucking blows her off. He completely ignores her. Just fuck you. And then out of the blue one day decides, oh, okay. They reconciled and Nicole moved back in. Wow. Now, on October 25th of 1993, Nicole called 911 asking for the police. Uh, they asked 
what he looked like. And she said, uh, OJ, he's fucking <laughs> OJ Simpson. I think, you right. know, his record. Yeah. Um, can you send someone over here? Quote, he's fucking going nuts. The 911 dispatcher was like, stay on the line. And Nicole says, quote, I don't want to stay on the line. He's going to beat the shit out of me. Oh, jeez. Now, what we come to find out a little bit later on is that after that 1989 fight, you know those pictures that are of Nicole that are very popular that go mm-hmm. around? And it's oh, yeah. the side of her face and the bruises. Oh, yeah. So those are from that January fight. Oh, really? And she started um, taking pictures of all the times he hit her and documenting all the conversations they had. And she would hide this all in a safety deposit box, which wasn't found until after her death. Wow. Yeah. So she tells the police when they get there that um, when he's mad, he turns almost animalistic and it scares her. Now, this whole time, Cato's in the house. Okay. He can be heard screaming in the 911 call in the background. Yeah. And, you know, OJ's screaming at Nicole, and she's trying to tell him to shut up, and she's like, the kids are upstairs. The kids were home. The kids are always fucking home. Yeah. So, clearly, he's escalated to the point that he he just doesn't give a shit who sees him beating her. Right. He just doesn't care, because nothing's ever fucking happened to him. Fucking shame. Yeah. Nothing's ever happened to him. Yeah. The worst part was, this fight stemmed from an event that happened... Over a year ago when they were separated, he was peeping in her fucking windows, all Michael Myers-like, and saw her being intimate with her then-boyfriend. So a okay. year a year later, he tries to beat the shit out of her for it. Uh, guys do hold on. Yeah, well, I, and maybe if you weren't Michael Myers, I mean, <laughs> right. just saying. Well, yeah, true. So they spent Thanksgiving and Christmas together of that year, but really by the beginning of 1994, it was it was over. So in January of 1994, Nicole bought a condo at 875 South Bundy Drive in the Brentwood neighborhood of L.A. So Cato was going to move in with her into what he called the maid's quarters, which I really just think was a fucking bedroom. Um, O.J. ends up backdooring Nicole and offers him a room for free. Wow. Yeah. So he did this to kind of fuck Nicole in regards to taxes. Mm. So she's she buys this condo and says it's a rental pro- property. Cato's going to move in with her. He's going to rent a room. Boom, rental property. Ah, uh, yeah. Tax break with California. Yeah. Yeah. So that backfires. So now they're attempting to do, you know, family shit. They go to Mexico for Easter with the Kardashians and the Jenners, which is weird in yeah, and of itself. That is weird. Um, per OJ... They agreed to try to date again and see where it went. And they were going to give it a year. Mother's Day to Mother's Day. Hmm. Now, on May 19th of 1994, for Nicole's 35th birthday, OJ gave her an expensive bracelet that she returned a week later. No, sweetie, you keep that. Yeah, why did you get that? Because I'm sure that went over you, like a yeah. whore in fucking church. You yeah. Know? So at this point, she really had made up her mind. Mm. She was done. And she was good with that decision. And people around her said that she very much appeared happier. She was solid in her decision. That's what she was going with. Mm. Now, OJ had a girlfriend at the time. Okay. And he ended up re-gifting the bracelet to the girlfriend. Oh, jeez. Well, you might as well. R- really? Don't let it go to waste. Did you tell that girlfriend? <laughs> Don't let it go to waste. You're such a dick. So, shortly after this... OJ starts threatening Nicole uh, around Memorial Day. 
he starts telling her, you know, to stop using the Rockingham address or he was going to report her to the IRS. So, like I said, she listed the Bundy condo, Bundy condo as a rental and she was using the Rockingham address as her permanent address. Who fucking cares? Yeah. Who cares? Well, June 3rd, we're getting closer. Uh, Nicole writes in her journal and documents the conversation that OJ has with her where he's threatening that he's going to have her arrested for tax evasion. Mm-hmm. He says bitch like 117 times. He ends every sentence with bitch. Huh. I'm going to fucking... Yeah, I'm going to get you for tax evasion, bitch. You're never going to make it out, bitch. Like, calls her a fucking cunt. Like, Jeez. Yeah. Um, stellar stand-up dude, clearly. Yeah. Uh, on June 6th of 1994, he ends up sending her a formal letter to stop using the address. Uh, the following day, she shows the letter to a friend and then ends up calling a Santa Monica woman's shelter to get advice because she said she's being stalked by her ex-husband. Hmm. And now we come to the day. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. dun. So, on June 12th, 1994, daughter Sydney had a dance recital. OJ gets pissed off when he finds out that he's not going to be sitting with the family and he's not invited to dinner afterwards. Because, you know, when shit like that happens, you always go out to dinner afterwards. Oh, you got you to. You find a fucking Chili's. Yeah. You know, you, that's what's Or like. Applebee's. Right. Now, he had also found out in the meantime that on June 9th, Nicole had listed the Bundy condo for lease through real estate agent Gene McKenna for $4,800 a month. Oh, wow. Now, she did this. To avoid the tax issues. Yeah. Because yeah. now she's like, fuck you. I'm not going to deal with tax evasion bullshit. Right. She ends up finding a new place in Malibu, uh, which is now 20 minutes from Rockingham, and it has a pool. Because mm. OJ says that she uses the pool against him. Because she brings oh. the kids there and treats his staff like shit and whatever. So now this place is like 20 minutes from Rockingham. So how's he going to fucking stalk her when she's not within walking distance? Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. Now, at the time, OJ's dating Paula Barbieri, Barbieri which she's in the, the interview tapes. Um, she had recently broken up with OJ over his obsession with Nicole. Mm-hmm. She would say that she, she genuinely loved him and she genuinely thought he was a good person, but there were three people in her relationship. The night prior, they were at a black tie event and all OJ did was bitch and moan about not being invited to dinner. Uh, what she didn't tell him was that she had just met Michael Bolton. What? And the two took a shining to each other. Oh, I want to meet him. Mm. I want him to sing to me. Yes. With his with his When hair. a man oh loves a woman. There it is, guys. There, there it is. Oh, my God. I should be a singer. There it is. God, my voice is amazing. Oh, my God. So... <laughs> We almost bought you a sword today to get signed by Randy Jackson. I know, right? Um, so now I'm going to throw some times at you. Oh, boy. Okay. Are you, are you ready? Yeah. So at 6 o'clock, uh, OJ and Nicole leave separately from the recital. At 6.30, Nicole, the kids, her parents, and some friends have dinner at Mezzaluna. This is where Ron Goldman was a waiter. Mm-hmm. So I, I always wondered, like, what the connection was between the two. So they weren't great friends. No. They were just... They were acquaintances. They knew each other. Right. They were acquaintances just from the simple fact that Nicole frequented this restaurant. Mm-hmm. So that's how they knew each other. That's oh, it. Oh, okay. Um, so around 8 o'clock, Nicole and the kids leave the restaurant and stop at Ben and Jerry's on the way home. 
at 9.15, Nicole's sister calls Mezaluna to say that their mom forgot her glasses on the table. So, Ron... Oh, I skipped a whole page. Good job, man. Hang on. So, Ron is like, listen, I have plans in the area. I'll drop him by the condo. No big deal. Mm-hmm. So, people's, people thought that he was going there because they were having this torrid fucking love affair. But really, his buddy that he was going to meet ended up testifying that Ron called him and was like, hey, I got to drop this shit off. I'm going to yeah. be like a half hour late. Yeah. So between 9 and 9.30, Cato and Brian go to McDonald's for dinner. Fancy. Uh, they return, Delightful. Yep. They return home uh, about 9.45, and OJ ends up dropping Cato off and leaving again. At 9.50, Ron Goldman leaves the restaurant and heads towards Nicole's. At 10.02, per cell phone records, OJ is driving and he attempts to call Paula. At 10.15, Nicole's neighbor hears her dog barking, which is kind of abnormal. Mm-hmm. At 10.25, limo driver Alvin Park arrives at Rockingham to drive OJ Simpson to the airport for a scheduled business trip to Chicago. Mm. He rings the gate buzzer or the bell or whatever the fuck it was and doesn't get an answer. Between 1041 and 1045, Cato hears what he describes as either thumping or three thumps, depending on the source, outside of his guest house. At 1050, the limo driver is still getting no response from OJ. And at 1055, the driver calls his boss to say that OJ isn't home. And he's told to wait until 1115 because OJ's always late. Hmm. Same, dude. Same. Yeah, I yeah. feel you. Mm-hmm. Every day. So around 11 o'clock, limo driver Alvin sees what he would later describe as a six-foot-tall black male walking across the driveway towards the house. He cannot say with certainty that it's OJ. Mm. So around 11, Cato gets to the front of the house and sees the limo. Uh, Driver Alvin buzzes again. OJ answers, says, fuck, I overslept. I just got out of the shower. Now at this point... A neighbor now sees Nicole's dog, Cato, wandering the neighborhood, barking with bloody paws. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that, actually. So, uh, between 11 and 11.15, OJ's getting his shit together to leave. At 11.15, the limo leaves with OJ for the airport. And at 11.45, OJ leaves on a flight to Chicago. Now, between midnight and 12.10 on January 13th, dog Cato uh, goes to the neighbors now and pulls a fucking lassie and essentially leads the neighbors to Nicole and Ron. Really? Yeah. So they find Nicole and Ron brutally murdered in her front yard. Mm -hmm. They never made it into the house. Yeah. The front door was open, but they never made it in. Yeah. Which... That's crazy. So the first officer that arrives on scene is met by the neighbor who says, this is Nicole Simpson. It's OJ Simpson's, you know, wife. Mm-hmm. So as to avoid getting the media involved, he did not get on his radio. He went through the back door of Nicole's home and used her landline to call this in. It's pretty Makes smart. sense. Yeah. Yep. I get it. So <clears throat> now Mark Furman, here we go. I got to get to my page. Sixteen and a half. Mm. Yeah. Jesus. I know. So, so per the police reports, uh, the first officers arrive on scene at twelve twenty. They call EMS and backup. 
Uh, but they knew that there was, quote, no helping the woman because she was nearly decapitated. Oh, Jesus. He, uh, the first officer, shined his flashlight uh, across the yard and landed on Ron Goldman, whose eyes were open. Wow. This officer said that he touched his eyeball, so he, like, eye flicked him. Yeah. And got no response, so he knew he was dead. Yeah. At 12.45 a.m., Nicole Simpson and Ron Goldman are pronounced dead by EMS. At 2.10, Detective Supervisor Ron Phillips arrives on scene, followed shortly by Detective Mark Furman. They were the 16th and 17th officers to arrive on scene, and Furman's partner, Brad Roberts, arrives at 2.30, and so now Furman and Roberts are the first two investigators on the scene. Now, at this point... They have a rule, apparently, that you do not go within six feet of the body. Which is smart. Once it's confirmed, like, there is no helping them, EMS-wise, you back off. Nobody comes within six feet of the body until... smart. A genius. Until CSI and the coroner get there. So, like, they I don't know why more places don't have Mm -hmm. that as a policy. Yeah. So they take a visual inventory of the crime scene, and while they're doing this, another neighbor comes over and says, listen, her fucking kids are home. What? The kids were home. Oh, my God. So officers again enter the home through the back door and go upstairs and get the sleeping children. Oh, Jesus. They never woke up um, and took them to the PD. Mm. Now, around 4 a.m., the first arriving officer who's still on scene tells detectives that he found a bloody glove next to Ron Goldman's body and bloody footprints leading down the walkway away from the body towards the gate. Mm. They then found blood on the gate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, there's no blood evidence in the house at this point. Okay. Um, this is a it, it's a fucking to do. So now they're like, okay, we need to get a hold of of OJ, not because, oh my god, he's a suspect, but because his children are sitting at the fucking police department and they're There's I mean they're no young, one to, yeah, they don't know what the fuck is going on. Right. So they want OJ to come get his fucking kids, yeah. you know. So <clears throat> they end up. So at at four fifteen, OJ checks into his Chicago hotel. At 4.30 a.m., police go to Rockingham to inform O.J. of Nicole's death. This is where they find the Bronco with blood in it. And mm. the bloody glove found right outside uh, Brian Cato's window where he heard the thumps. Mm. So now the cops oh, the are like... The glove that was planted, uh-huh. right? So now the cops are like, okay, well, we don't know if he's hurt. Yeah. So they use this as rationale to do a warrantless search. And yeah. Mark Furman hops the fence. Yeah, From there... Is normal right, why procedure. There's blood everywhere. Yeah. Not at the crime gonna, scene. Yeah, yeah. You have every right to check right. the well-being. So they find more blood in the Bronco. Bloody footprints in the Bronco. Blood all over the driveway. And they note that the Bronco has been parked like it was hastily parked. Hastily? Hastily. The fuck does that mean? In a hurry. Ah. Yes. Okay. So at 6.30 a.m., O.J. is informed via phone of the murders. Now at 10.45 a.m., police execute a search warrant on Rockingham. Hmm. Yeah. Immediately. Now they find even more blood. There are footprints um, throughout the property. 
There's blood. There's blood fucking. There's blood everywhere. everywhere. So there is blood literally fucking everywhere. There is blood in the foyer, in the driveway, in the master bedroom, on a pair of socks. What? Jesus. It's it's everywhere. Yeah. It's like he walked down and just like wiped his fingers down the wall <laughs> the whole fucking time. So at noon, OJ arrives home and he's immediately taken into custody um, where he's taken to the police station and questioned for about three hours and then released with his children. Mm. Uh, On June 15th, Robert Shapiro replaces OJ's uh, regular attorney, Howard Weitzman, as lead counsel for OJ. Mm. Now the autopsies are performed. Um, Nicole's autopsy... And wasn't Robert... He... Wasn't he like a, a divorce attorney or something? Or Kardashian? Yeah, yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't a defense attorney. No, no. I, I thought he was some or like a real estate. I thought he was like yeah, like a real estate attorney. But he's not. He's not part of the defense team. Yeah. Right. Right. So Howard Weitzman was just like his counsel. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. And then Robert Shapiro comes in and he takes lead counsel for this. Right. So the me described Nicole's neck wound, uh, quote, was an incised wound of the neck that is gaping and exposes the larynx and the cervical vertebral column. Jesus. So she was she decapitated. She was pretty much decapitated because oh there was God. actually a wound, an incision into C3. Wow. So it was all the way to the spinal column and into the spinal column. Mm. Uh, it ended up transecting her left and right carotid arteries and her left and right jugular veins. So she she bled out. Oh, yeah. Um, they found some defensive wounds to her hands, but I mean, she bled out so quick. She did have multiple stab wounds to her neck and her scalp. Uh, she had about seven. Now, Ron Goldman's autopsy showed a sharp force wound to the left side of his neck with transection of the left jugular with multiple stab wounds to the chest, abdomen, and left thigh. This resulted in a right hemothorax, which is a um, a collapsed lung full of blood. So, like, the lung can't expand because the area is full of blood. And a hemoperitoneum, which means he had blood around the casing of his heart. It did, however, show multiple defense wounds that he fought for his fucking life. He yeah. really tried. So on June 16th, 1994, Nicole and Ron's funerals are held. Uh, Nicole's was at St. Martin of Tours Catholic Church in Brentwood. And Ron was buried at Pierce Brothers Valley Oaks Cemetery. So the same day as the funerals, the LA Times uh, puts out an article reporting that blood found at the crime scene matches OJ's blood type. Which is different than that of the victims. Yeah. Uh, OJ's attorneys come out and say that they are aware of no such findings. And uh, now there's reports of gloves found at the crime scene and at OJ's home. Those are strongly denied by the attorneys, uh, with Weitzman saying, quote, that would be inconsistent with what I was told. Beyond that, I have no comment. He would say that police officials assured him that there was no second glove at the crime scene. Uh, but there was. Yeah. Uh, they also state in this article that Ron Goldman did fight for his fucking life. Oh, yeah. And that OJ, when he came in to be interviewed, had several cuts and scratches. Mm. Now, uh, this couldn't have been fucking sloppier if he, like, 
tried. Oh, I know. So there's no blood evidence in the house, like I said. But there's hairs consistent with OJ's found in a hat that's at the crime scene and on Ron Goldman's shirt. They don't fucking know each other. Why is your hair on his shit? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How's that happen? Yeah. Uh, there's carpet fibers from the Bronco on the glove found at Rockingham and also the hat at the crime scene. There's blood drips on the left side of every set of footprints. Wow. OJ's left hand was cut. Oh. Mm, mm-hmm. So all the blood that's found, you know, every fucking where. Yeah. That is fucking everywhere. Uh, it turns out that the blood in the Bronco uh, was Nicole's. Really? And the blood on the gloves was Nicole and Ron's and OJ's. All of them. Uh-huh. But it was planted. It was babe. planted. Right. So he, so Furman planted. would have had to have known hours before. Yeah. And uh, let's be blood brothers. Come cut your finger with me. E- like Exactly. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, okay. is Furman a great guy? Probably fucking the, not. No, but he's probably a shitbag. Did he plant the glove? No. No. Yeah. So There's no fucking there, there's way. There's literally no way that he could have. None. And people believe that he did. They do. Yeah. That blows my mind. Yeah. So, on June 17th, 1994, O.J. is officially charged with two counts of first-degree murder with special uh, circumstances Mm -hmm. because of the extent of the injuries. Uh, Prosecutors announced, too, that they may seek the death penalty, Mm. which I didn't know. I didn't know that was on the table at all. Yeah, I I had no clue. So, now, O.J.'s attorneys make a deal with the police, and he's to turn himself in by 10 a.m., Yeah, um, you know, the day after the funeral. He obviously doesn't turn himself in and he leaves a um quote unquote suicide letter okay uh it's um it's something yeah he starts it off he starts it off with to whom it may concern well yeah Uh, i mean whoever finds it first i feel like suicide notes are generally addressed to someone specific right uh, he then went on to say, don't feel sorry for me. I've had a great life. Please think of the real OJ, not this lost person. You've made my life special. I hope I helped yours. Peace and love, OJ. <laughs> and then he drew a smiley face in the O of OJ. Sir. What the fuck? Aren't you supposed to make this believable? Yeah. Because that's not fucking believable. No. So now... It's the infamous low-speed Bronco chase Mm -hmm. that lasted 60 miles. I still remember I do, too. Yeah. And it was so fucking slow that people had time to go to Walgreens and buy poster board and make signs that said, run, OJ, run, and then line the seats or line the streets. Oh, my God. They had signs. Unreal. Yeah. Do you think that people at Walgreens were like, what the fuck is going on? What are all these people coming in for fucking poster board for? (laughs) Right. Good Lord. So There's a lot of science projects right. going on. Fuck. So at this point, Simpson is declared a fugitive. Now, his buddy, Al Crowlings, is driving. Um, the NBA finals are interrupted. Mm-hmm. It's a big to-do. Yes, they were. Um, at 6.20, an Orange County motorist spots OJ in the Bronco because they're going so fucking slow, you could probably count the hairs on his head. Uh, Al Crowlings then calls 911 and says that OJ has a gun to his head and the police need to back off. That he just wants to go to the cemetery and talk to his mom. 
So this phone call, first of all, it sounds like John Candy from um, the first vacation movie where they go to Wally World. Oh, yeah. So that's what the, the guy on the phone sounds like. Yeah. And then, and he's so nonchalant about it. And he, you know, he's asking Al, and who are you? And Al screams into the phone, you know who I am, God damn it. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. So now it's- You can't handle the oh, truth. My God, babe. And the guy on the other line is like, okay. <laughs> right. Thanks. I'll pass this along. Right. So now at around nine o'clock, OJ arrives back at home. Mm-hmm. Now, most people don't seem to notice this, mm-hmm. but OJ gets out of the Bronco. Yep. And immediately walks up to his oldest son and punches him in the face. Why would he do that? Hmm. Hmm. Punches him square in the fucking face yep. before he's taken into custody. It, dude, and like no one knows that. No one realizes My that. dad was the first one to tell me that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was told it and then I watched it. And and you, was I think like, it's like if you don't know about it. You, you don't see it. No, because you're not even thinking about you're it. You're not paying attention to it. You're looking at like the big picture. But how how crazy is that? What, mm-hmm. what What's that all, all yeah. about? Yeah. So now... He was staying with the Kardashians at the time, and after he's taken into custody, uh, Kardashian brings out this like Louis Vuitton garment bag mm-hmm. that's never seen again. So people are like, "Were those his bloody clothes? Ooh. Wouldn't you have gotten fucking rid of those at the airport?" Yeah, I mean, right. probably not because there's fucking blood everywhere. Yeah. Uh, when he was taken into custody, they found nine thousand dollars in cash and a false beard and mustache. Sir, okay. you are O.J. Simpson. Yeah, we know who you are. Everybody knows you. Yeah, we we know who you are, sir. I, I don't think that uh, the mustache would help. Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> so on June 22nd, O.J. pleads, quote, absolutely 100% not guilty. Not guilty. I'd be like, I asked for a simple fucking answer. Not all that <laughs> right. <bullshit. laughs> So, Judge Lance Ito is then assigned to the case. That becomes a to-do later, also. On June 24th, a grand jury convenes, and on July 8th, uh, it's the end of a six-day preliminary hearing, where Judge Kathleen Kennedy Powell rules that there's sufficient evidence for O.J. to go stand trial. Mm -hmm. On July 20th, O.J. offers a $500,000 reward for any information leading to the arrest of the murderer of his wife. I did not know, yeah. know that. And Robert Shapiro, who I can only picture as John Travolta, by the way, um, oh, yeah. sets up hotlines for the tips. Mm. Yeah. On July 27th, Ron Goldman's mother and family file a wrongful death suit against Simpson, alleging he, quote, willfully, wantonly, and maliciously killed her son. Mm. They didn't waste any time. I don't no. blame them. So... August 18th, the defense files a motion to seek uh, the personal and military records of Detective Mark Furman because their intention is to portray portray him as a racist cop who planted the glove and blood because he was the one who hopped over the fence, right? Right. Uh, That motion was denied. Mm. Uh, On August 22nd, court papers disclosed that DNA testing showed that it was OJ's blood at the crime scene. And it was a one in 70 million. That it would be somebody else, but he didn't do it. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't do it. 
He did not do it. Oh, my God. On September 9th, the prosecutors announced that they will not seek the death penalty, but will go uh, for a sentence of life without parole. Uh, shortly after that, on the 19th, Judge Ito upholds the legality of the search of Simpson's home, um, which the defense tried to say was sloppy police work, and uh, they acted improperly, which Judge Ito said they did not. Uh, jury selection begins on September 26th. Two weeks later, on October 17th, Nicole's friend Faye Resnick releases a book called, quote, Nicole Brown Simpson, The Private Diary of a Life Interrupted. Mm-hmm. This causes Judge Ito to halt jury selection for two days so everybody can review the book. Yeah. On November 3rd, a jury is selected. It is uh, eight women, four men, eight black, uh, eight black people, one white person, one Hispanic, and two of mixed race. And on December 8th, an alternate jury of nine women and three men is selected with four whites, seven blacks, and one Hispanic. Hmm. Um, the defense wants the deputy district attorney, Christopher Darden, removed because he had some prior history with growlings and a grand jury. Yeah. Christopher Darden becomes a, an issue all on its own. Oh, yeah. Um, at, at one point... The prosecution thinks that O.J. allegedly confessed to his minister friend, Rosie Greer. They try to get him to talk, and he's like, no, it's fucking it's privileged. I'm, right. I'm a minister. Uh, right. No. Uh, on January 8th of 1995, uh, the media reports that Simpson is planning on writing a book called, quote, I Want to Tell You, which is a response to all of the mail he's gotten, which I didn't know. I didn't know there was a first book. Um. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, on January 11th, uh, starts the beginning of a hearing on the defense team's motion to bar any evidence of domestic violence. Mm. It's a domestic violence case. Yeah. You kind of can't take it out. Yeah. It's the whole thing. That's the point. Uh, The defense also accuses the prosecution of character assassination, which I feel like they're doing quite well on their own. They didn't really need to. Yeah. So um, uh, shortly after that, there's a hearing to determine if the defense will be permitted to question Detective Furman about racial slurs that he may have used. Um, Prosecutor Darden and Johnny Cochran have an emotional exchange over the role of race in the trial. Uh, It's important to note that both of them are black men. Mm -hmm. Darden was often seen as and called a traitor by the black community for trying to get OJ convicted. Yeah. So, which incidentally enough, it's the exact opposite. Oh, my goodness. So now on January 18th, the judge rules that the jury can hear some evidence of domestic violence. Um, Two jurors are replaced, or excuse me, are dismissed and replaced by alternates. And um, Johnny Cochran takes over as lead defense attorney. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much. On January 24th, the trial starts. Marsha Clark and Christopher Darden give their opening statements with Darden saying, quote, he killed her because he couldn't have her. On January 25th, Johnny Cochran gives his opening statement saying, quote, this case is about a rush to judgment, an obsession to win at any costs. I doubt it. On the 27th, the book I want to tell you is published, which I'm curious about that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Nicole's sister will testify in regards to the abuse. 
and her being physically removed from the home. And then this I never fucking understood. On February 12th, the jurors are taken to Rockingham and the crime scene. Yeah. But everybody had time to prepare for this. Yeah. So, I mean, you can make, you you can polish a fucking turd all you want, you know. So on March 15th, uh, Detective Mark Furman takes the stand and denies any use of racial racial slurs in the last 10 years. On April 11th, a defense attorney gets an LAPD criminalist, Dennis uh, Fung, I think I wrote that wrong, uh, to admit that there were procedural... Procedure, procedural... Thank you. Errors at the crime scene. So now we're into April. And these fucking jurors have been sequestered for months, mm-hmm. which I really strongly think had a lot to do with oh, the verdict. Oh, I, I absolutely yeah. do. So they ended up like they boycotted court after one of their favorite deputies was transferred and they dressed in all black, showed, nope. up, showed up in court in all black. So on May 10th, the long, tedious and hard to understand DNA testimony starts. And then on June 15th, the glove. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite strong objections from lead prosecutor Marsha Clark, prosecutor Christopher Darden insists that OJ tries on the glove. Such a bad idea. There's so many things that could be wrong with this. So first of all, he's wearing latex gloves. Yep. Second, yep. Uh, per his former agent, Mike Gilbert, um, Simpson had stopped taking his arthritis medication about two weeks prior. So his hands were twice the size they should have been. Mm-hmm. Now, OJ would say in his later book that maybe the gloves didn't fit because they were left out all night. Marsha Clark was concerned mm-hmm, that uh, the gloves had shrunk, had shrunk from being soaked in blood and then frozen and unfrozen. Yeah. And she really did not want OJ to have so much control over such a significant yep. demonstration. So now she was right. Yeah. He tries to put this glove on and he's fucking dramatic as shit about it. Making faces grunting mm-hmm. uh, to no surprise of the defense. OJ couldn't get the glove on. Yep. Duh. Now these gloves were they matched a pair of gloves that Nicole had bought from Bloomingdale's in 1990 for OJ. Uh, this became one of the most visual uh, spectacles of the trial and really court history for that matter. To which Johnny Cochran would now say, quote, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Damn, damn right. Now, the irony of the situation is not lost on me. Christopher Darden was deemed a traitor, like I said, for trying to convict OJ. But ultimately, he's the one who sealed his acquittal. Mm-hmm. Yep. So on July 6th, the prosecution rests. And then on August 15th, Marsha Clark asked Judge Ito to recuse himself due to a possible conflict of interest. He is married to Margaret York, who is the highest ranking female in the LAPD. Yeah. Now, as soon as he was assigned to the case, he did inform both sides of who his wife was and what her position was. Mm -hmm. And at the time, it didn't matter until it came out that Furman was investigated in 85 to 86 by Internal Affairs for his involvement in an informal group of officers known as MAW. Men Against Women. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's a fucking jackass. What an asshole. Yeah. Now, York was his supervisor at the time. 
Marsha Clark immediately changes her mind and withdraws her rec- recusal request. Ooh, that was big. That was. And Good job. Yeah. Two days later, Superior Court Judge John Reed rules that York's possible testimony about the incident prior was not relevant to the OJ case at all. On August 29th, the Furman tapes are played in court. Ooh. Not in front of a jury. Now, the Furman tapes are 13 hours of taped interviews given to writer, screenplay writer, or director, uh, Lauren McKinney from 1985 to 1994. Furman makes multiple racial slurs, which he originally denied, and then brags about the enforcement of police brutality. Yeah. He clearly thought nobody was ever going to hear these tapes. This was for a yeah, screenplay. Yeah, he was wrong. Yeah. Now, he was wrong. On August 31st, Judge Ito rules that the jury will hear only two excerpt, excerpts from the tapes, um, to which they hear on the 5th of September. Uh, the day after, Furman takes the stand again with no jury, refuses to answer any questions, and invokes his Fifth Amendment right. Um, on the 7th, the defense announces that OJ will not be testifying, and they also ask the judge to uh, instruct the jury as to why Furman will not appear again. Mm. Judge Ito says, okay, we'll tell them. (laughs) The the prosecution, yeah, immediately objects, and it's appealed. Um, On the 8th of September, the appeals court rejects Ito's jury instruction, so now he he can't tell them. On September 11th, the defense refuses to rest due to what they believe is the unresolved question of the judge's instructions regarding Furman. Hmm. You you can't do it. Yeah, it's that fucking simple. What what are you waiting for? Right. On the 18th, the prosecution conditionally rests its case, and on the 19th, Detective Vanatier is again questioned by Shapiro, Shapiro, on statements he made to mob informants. What? Did you know this part? No. Oh, babe. So. Two mob informants from Boston and an FBI agent were called to testify. They allegedly heard lead detective Vanatier indicate that Simpson became a suspect as soon as the bodies were found. It's alleged that these conversations took place at court. And uh, these two guys were in witness protection. So there was no audio, no video. Yeah. Um, And... It completely contradicts Vanatier's original testimony that said Simpson wasn't a suspect until they scaled his wall and really found the bloody glove. Yeah. Um, it becomes an issue, obviously, because they entered without a warrant. Right. And he says that they only went into the house to inform OJ of Nicole's death and that his kids were at the police station and that they were concerned for the occupants. Mm. So, yeah, there were mob informants. That's crazy. I, I did not. I had no clue. No clue. Uh, on September 21st, both defense and the prosecution rest their cases. OJ gives a statement waiving his right to testify, saying, quote, I did not, could not, and would not have committed this crime. The jury is then given instructions. What had happened was... What had happened was... Which is exactly what his fucking book says. Yeah. Which is frightening. Creepy. So, uh, the 26th and the 27th, Marsha Clark and Christopher Jordan give their closing statements followed by uh, Cochran and Sheck at the 27th through the 28th. Mm-hmm. In his closing arguments, Johnny Cochran compares Furman to Hitler. 
Did he really? Apparently. Yeah, it was a big Dude. fucking to do. Wow. Yep. On September 29th. I mean, Furman's a shitbag, but, but that's a. Wow. Mm, yeah, that's a lot. Mm. On September 29th, the case goes to the jury. On October 2nd, after less than four hours of deliberation, that blows my mind. the jury has a verdict. They wanted to fucking go home. Yeah, they wanted to that's get the all fuck that it, out of there. Because if they would have found him guilty, they would have had to remain sequestered mm-hmm. for the sentencing. Yep. They wanted to go home. Yeah. On October 3rd of 1995, the jury finds O.J. Simpson not guilty of two counts of first degree murder. Man. And he's set free. Yeah. I mean, we try to be non-biased, but like, it's just, there's so much. People have been convicted on circumstantial. Yeah. And this was, there was a glove at the crime scene and a glove at his house. There's blood everywhere. His blood, Nicole's blood, and Ron's blood mixed. Right. How, How do you do that? I mean, it's not just like there were drips on the driveway and he could be like, oh, I cut my fucking hand last week when I went to get the kids. It's mixed with their blood. So on October 23rd of 1996, the wrongful death civil trial starts in Santa Monica. Uh, Ron Goldman's father, Fred, says multiple times. This poor guy. Every interview. Oh, God. Oh, I want I just I want to hug him. Yeah, I do, too. Um, So he says this lawsuit is more about getting Simpson to testify than it is money. On November 22nd of 1996, O.J. is forced to testify in front of a jury for the very first time. He denies the murders, but cannot explain the evidence against him, simply saying, I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. On December 9th, Fred Goldman gives an emotional uh, testimony on the stand and the plaintiffs rest. On December 20th, O.J. is awarded custody of his two children with Nicole by an Orange County judge. He's then called to testify again on January 10th. And on the 16th, after 41 days of testimony and 101 witnesses, both sides rest. Wow. Yeah. On January, um, or excuse me. February 4th of 1997, the jury finds O.J. liable for the deaths of Nicole Simpson and Ron Goldman. Which he hasn't paid shit. No. Uh, They award the plaintiffs $8.5 million in compensatory damages. Uh, The court then orders Simpson to turn over all of his assets because he's fucking broke at this point. right. Um, He has to turn over his Heisman Trophy and Andy Warhol painting and his golf clubs. On July 14th, the Brentwood estate is auctioned off, to which the new owner actually demolished it and built a new home on top of it. Did he really? Which is very similar to the home, but yeah. which makes sense because like the foundations there. Oh, and everything. yeah. But yeah, they, he, he had the house torn down. Wow. Uh, on June 30th, 1998, Simpson's attorneys appeal the wrongful death award, saying that the award was, quote, excessive and the clear result of passion and prejudice on the part of the jury. Yes, because he's a fuckbag. Because he's a killer. He's a dick. On November 2nd of 1998, the Brown and Goldman families split proceeds from an auction of all of OJ's shit. Mm. Uh, Him and and the Browns negotiate a custody arrangement, but in August of 2000, OJ moves to Florida, taking the kids with him. Yeah. Now, the reason he went to Florida is because it's a state that does not allow 
the seizure of homes and pensions to pay civil liberties in other really? states. Dick. Wow. Yeah. Dude is smart. Uh, well. I, so, uh, yeah. I mean, so at some point, I wouldn't know all this. No. At some point, he writes a book called If I Did It. How fucking creepy. There are, he, like, there's a sentence how he talks about wearing his favorite gloves to go go kill his slut of an ex-wife. Dude. Allegedly. It's dot, dot, dot. Allegedly. And then, so this is supposed to be fiction, right? Like, okay, if, 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 if I did it, whatever. Yeah. Uh. He names Ron Goldman by name. He says that he's at the house and this man walks past the fence and it's Ron Goldman. What? What? Yeah. Wow. So in September of 2007, uh, the courts seized the book and it's renamed If I Did It, Confessions of the Killer, uh, and published. All proceeds then go to paying off his civil claim. So he couldn't keep himself out of fucking trouble. Um, in February of 2001, he's arrested in Miami-Dade County for simple battery and uh, burglary of an occupied conveyance. What is that? I, I don't know. All right. It was a road rage incident, and he ripped the glasses off of the face of another motorist. Mm. Uh, he was acquitted in October. And in uh, December, uh, December 4th of 2001, actually, Miami... Uh, searches his home yeah they uh execute a search warrant with the fbi after receiving tips that he was part of a large ecstasy and money laundering ring. yeah no i guess like clue. 10 people out of this ring got arrested and they all named him no yeah. clue yep. about that yep wow on, on july 4th of 2002 he's arrested for water speeding through a manatee protected area oh my god <laughs> In 2007, Ooh. California claims that he owes $1.4 million in back taxes. Wow. Here's the best one. Like, nothing says shithead like this. Uh, in March of 2004, DirecTV accuses Simpson of pirating their services. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they sue him. What? They are given a $25,000 judgment. And OJ is ordered to pay an additional $33,678 oh for attorney's fees and costs. Oh, that's nuts. Dude, you stole cable. That is nuts. You stole motherfucking cable. Yeah. You stole cable. And you got caught. What a So jerk. you're not even good at it. No. <laughs> Who gets caught by that? Babe, for real. Like, oh. I saw a woman taking cable from the house to the left and electricity from the house to the right. Yeah. Orange extension cords. Exactly. Nobody fucking knew. What? what? Oh, how do you get caught with mm-hmm. that? So now on October 3rd of 2008, OJ is convicted of assault, kidnapping, and armed robbery mm. in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, it's alleged that he attempted to steal sports memorabilia. That he claimed was his mm-hmm. out of a Las Vegas hotel room. Yep. He ends up being sentenced to 33 years in prison. He does not. Not do even that. fucking close. No. Uh, in 2017, the Nevada Parole Board grants Simpson's request uh, for what parole. The fuck. He and had karma. Yeah. He's released in October of 2017 with restrictions. Now, on December 1st of 2000, do you remember, by the way, 
the episode of Jail where they bring where him he, in? He, yeah, yes. I do. Um, I so do. on December 1st of 2021, uh, he is granted early discharge by the Nevada Parole Board and is a completely free man at the age of 74. As of early 2022, his civil judgment remains largely unpaid. Unreal. And that is the story of O.J. Simpson. Mm, That's good. That was good. His dad was a drag queen. Had no clue. Wow, you you really dug deep and blew my mind with with a couple things. That's what I got to do. He fucking stole. He stole cable. And got caught. Who does that? Who doesn't and gets caught? Who doesn't and gets caught? Nobody. That's insane. Literally fucking nobody right. in life right. gets caught. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Well, this was good, babe. This was good. So. Yeah. That's uh, O.J. Simpson. Mm. Yeah. Orenthal. All what right. a weird name. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that was good. So tomorrow, this was a good first night. Yep. Tomorrow we have a Columbus case. Yes. That yes, involves the ugly tuna Saluna. We'll, we will be live again yep. tomorrow. And I might be in an ugly tuna Saluna T-shirt because I found it mm-hmm. today. Yes, you did. Looking for a gas station. Yes, you did. <laughs> I was like, <gasps> there it is. There it is. <laughs> Apparently, there's an ugly Saluna too. Oh, yeah, and it's right. not like the number two; it's like T O O. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, find that bitch. Well, that's cool. Yep. All right. Well, thank you guys for uh, listening to us. Thank you for being here. Uh, please find us on social media. Hit us up on social media. We're always on. Send us messages. We, yeah, we love your messages. I love your messages. I do too. Uh, Jamie does too, but I have she a really forgets hard time to respond. I respond in my head, and that that's yeah, yeah that's about well, it. Mm-hmm. Uh, please give us a five star rating on whatever platform you listen to us on. Please, and we love you guys. Yep. You guys are the tits. Mm-hmm. So, uh, God, we'll be. Uh, We'll be live again tomorrow. Yep. So, oh, yeah. We will be talking to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O.